0: Everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host Dylan Howell. This is episode number 270 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that is very, very common in investing. And it's very, very common in the personal finance world. But I think we need to go over it because there is a lot of contention as to uh, which of two different investing choices is better. And so we're going to talk about lump sum investing versus dollar cost averaging Investing. And the reason that I am rehashing this, you know, old argument is because there are new studies being done all the time, uh, and people are trying to get to the root of this question and see uh, if one particular investing option is better than the other. So stick around uh, for all the stats, all the information, uh, and understanding why you may want to invest one way versus another in your investing life. Stick around for all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like the this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day, and then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions, and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards some long-term financial goals that you have for yourself, and then ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who is watching or listening to the show on a a day-to-day basis. Now, as investors, we typically have two choices. Okay, And it's not always extremely binary in the way that I'm going to talk about it today, but uh, we typically have two choices as to how we invest our money. We can either invest large sums at once, or we can little by little invest as we go. Okay. And we'll call these two different things. We'll call uh, the large sum at once. We'll call that lump sum investing. And then the as we go type investing is what I'm going to call dollar cost averaging. As investors, we often face the dilemma of wanting high stock prices uh, when we sell, but not when we buy. There are times when this dilemma causes investors to wait for a dip in prices, thereby potentially missing out on a continual rise, right? This is the conundrum that we face. We face this conundrum of wanting to systematically invest, wanting to invest every single month or every single paycheck or whatever, okay? But the problem that we come across is that we don't wanna be buying at high prices, okay? We don't wanna be buying at the highest prices all of the time, okay? So what seems to be the logical thing to do? The logical thing to do seems to be uh, just to wait, right? just store up your money and wait until the market falls and try to buy the crashes. What's the problem with that? Well, the problem with that is that large crashes don't come often and it's hard to determine when to buy, right? There's no perfect formula as to if you buy, if the market falls this much, then you're able to catch all the gains or whatever, right? Typically, if you are going to wait to invest, you're going to miss out On gains that you could have had otherwise right because you may be waiting for a crash but that crash doesn't have to come right your investments can be just nothing right can be just cash you can just be sitting there in cash and your investments could be growing for you if you were allowing them to do so you could be investing in stocks or the stock market and allowing it to grow for you even though maybe you were to have bought at a higher price right so this is a dilemma that we run into and so that's why all the time in personal finance circles people People are talking about dollar cost averaging versus uh, the lump sum investing. Now, dollar cost averaging is a practice wherein an investor allocates a set amount of money at regular intervals, usually shorter than a year, like monthly or quarterly. So uh, you just decide that, hey, I'm not going to worry about price. I'm simply going to invest X amount of dollars. Let's say $400, $500 a month, $300, $200, whatever amount of money you want to put away per month, And I'm just going to put that away into this index fund, whatever index fund it is, let's say an S&P 500 index fund. And I'm going to do that every single month, regardless of what the index has done, regardless of if the index is hitting all time highs or regardless of if uh, the index has just crashed as it did during the coronavirus crash. Okay. dollar cost averaging is generally used for more volatile investments, such as stocks and mutual funds, rather than for bonds or CDs, for example. In a broader sense, dollar cost averaging can include automatic deductions from your paycheck that go into a retirement plan. So think about it. If you are contributing to some retirement plan, your IRA, 401k, whatever, and you're putting a fixed amount of money away or a fixed percentage of your pay away every single month or every single paycheck, then you are dollar cost averaging already, right? You are naturally dollar cost averaging into those investments and you really don't have any other choice. That is uh, the choice that you're given, especially when you're talking about employer-sponsored retirement accounts like a 401k. Now, dollar cost averaging is a good strategy for investors with a lower risk tolerance, right? Some people have very high risk tolerances. Some people have very low risk tolerances. If you have a lump sum of money to invest and you put it into the market all at once, then you do run the risk of buying at a peak, right? Let's say that you inherited, I don't know, $100,000. That'd be a really, really nice inheritance. But let's say that you inherited $100,000 and you didn't have any direct use for the money now. So what you wanted to do was keep that money invested or invested if it wasn't already, right? So you would go about investing that money and when you went to invest it, you would say, oh, well, the markets are at all time highs, right? Why, why would I want to invest it all right now if the markets are at all time highs? But what risk do you run? You risk not putting the money in now and then the market continuing to hit all time highs day after day after day. OK, and that is a problem, right? It is a problem if, uh, you know, you're not getting the upside in the market, because that's what we want to do when we're investing. We want to get the upside in the market. OK, but. It could also happen that you invest at that all-time high, and then immediately the market falls, and then you're kicking yourself because then you're like, man, I knew I shouldn't have invested at all, so it's really a lose-lose situation, so you really have to just choose. You have to choose an option. You have to choose a way that you're going to go about investing that money, and everybody can agree, and the numbers will end up bearing this out, that not investing the money, not putting the money in is typically not the way to go okay nonetheless okay the potential for a big price drop when you're lump sum investing is called timing risk. And any particular lump sum that you have can be tossed into the market in smaller amounts with dollar cost averaging, which lowers the risk and effects of any single market move by spreading the investment out over time. So you're buying when it's high, you're buying when the market's low, so on and so forth. Or if it's just constantly hitting new highs, you're just buying at all the new highs. For example, suppose that as part of a dollar cost averaging plan, you invest $1,000 a month for four months, right? If the prices at each month's end were 45, 35, 35, and 40, your average cost would be $38.75. If you had invested the whole amount at the start of the investment, your cost would have been $45 a share. In a dollar cost averaging plan, you can avoid that timing risk and enjoy the low cost benefits of the strategy by spreading out your investment cost, okay? So uh, this would be the upside of dollar cost averaging. This would be the upside of doing that in this particular case. But, right, let's say that instead of the opening price here being 45, right, let's say the opening price here was 25, and then it was 25, 35, 35, 40. OK, well, then you're consistently buying at higher prices and the average cost would be higher than the price that you could just lump sum into in the early parts. Right. This is why this conundrum exists, because you can sometimes invest lump sums and make a ton of money. But then sometimes, you know, you could have a higher cost if you were to have lump summed than if you were to have dollar cost average into an investment. So we're going to talk about uh, exactly, you know, what works and what doesn't. But let's talk about another type of investing, not just dollar cost averaging, not just lump sum investing before we get into those results. right, let's talk about value averaging. One strategy that started to gain favor is value averaging, which aims to invest more when the share price falls and less when the share price rises. Okay. Value averaging is conducted by calculating predetermined amounts of the total value of the investment in future periods, then by making an investment to match these amounts at each future period. For example, Suppose you determine that the value of your investment will rise by $500 each quarter as you make additional investments. In the first investment period, you would invest $500, say at $10 a share in something, right? Who knows what it is, but let's just say at $10 a share. In the next period, you determine that the value of your investment will rise to $1,000. If the current price is $1,250 per share, the original position is worth $625, which is 50 shares times $1,250, which only requires you to invest $375 to put the value of your investment at a thousand. This is done until the end value of the portfolio is reached. Therefore instead of investing a set amount each period, a value average strategy makes investments based on the total size of the portfolio at each point. And you know this is something that you could do. Right? But it's not as realistic because it does require you having uh, some foresight, some forecasting ability. And I just don't really believe too much in that. That's something that uh, you know, may be far more uh, practical for some type of fund manager or somebody who uh, is doing the quantitative analysis all the time. Okay, But for individuals who come across some amount of money, they basically have to determine, do I put it all in now or do I put it in piece by piece? Right, And if I put it in piece by piece, am I putting it in piece by piece, you know, due to, you know, some market timing or some situation where the market dips or if the market's up, I'm not going to put it in or whatever, right? We have to make those choices. Okay. And the basic choices come down to dollar cost averaging or, or lump sum investing. So let's look at exactly what works. Let's look statistically empirically what works. Okay. So if you have a big wad of cash to invest, this means not only deciding what to buy, But when if you're debating between investing the money all at once or through regular deployments at set intervals or dollar cost averaging, be aware that you're more likely to end up with a higher balance down the road by making a lump sum investment. This study comes from Northwestern Mutual and this particular outperformance that they're talking about holds true regardless of the mix of stocks and bonds you invest in. Now, this is very, very interesting. Right? Because I was telling you a little while ago that dollar cost averaging uh, tends to be a, a better choice for the uh, individuals with lower risk tolerances, especially when investments are more volatile. Okay? But what we'll see here is that especially in all equity portfolios, dollar cost averaging just tends to not work out. Okay? So if you look at the probability that you'll end up with a higher cumulative value, the study shows that it's overwhelming when you use a lump sum investment approach versus dollar cost averaging. Okay. The study looked at rolling 10 year returns on a million dollars starting in 1950. So it would say 1950 to 1959 and then 1951 to 1960 and then 1952 to 1961 and so on and so forth. And it compared results between an immediate lump sum investment and dollar cost averaging, which in the study assumes that a million dollars is invested evenly over 12 months and then held for the remaining nine years. Okay. So this could be Uh, One flaw in this particular study, when I was reading through this, this is a a flaw that this study could have, that uh, they're just investing evenly over a 12-month period and then remaining invested over nine years. Well, what if they split it up over a five-year period? Or what if they split it up over a two-year period or whatever? Would it impact the results? And uh, my hypothesis is that it's probably not going to impact the results too greatly. The more that you stretch out the dollar cost averaging for some amount of money, uh, then I believe the results for lump sum investing would be even greater because you're missing out on a lot of gains, okay? But stretching it out just a little bit may allow uh, for some dips in the market to occur and you invest at some lower amounts. So I don't know what the outcome would have been, but these were the parameters that were chosen. Now, if you assumed 100% stock portfolio, the return on lump sum investing outperformed dollar cost averaging 75% of the time. Okay, so for all of those rolling 10 year periods, right, that's a ton of rolling 10 year periods. That's what 70 or 71 rolling 10 year periods. Okay, 75 percent of the time dollar cost averaging lost to lump sum investing for a portfolio composed of 60 percent stocks and 40 percent bonds. The outperformance rate was 80 percent and 100 percent fixed income portfolio outperformed dollar cost averaging 90 percent of the time. Okay. The average outperformance of lump sum investing for the all equity portfolio was 15.23%. For a 60-40 allocation, it was 10.68%. And for the 100% fixed income, it was 4.3%. And this is no surprise uh, that the outperformance will be greater for an all stock portfolio. Okay, But what is interesting is that as the risk, quote unquote, in the portfolio is declined, so uh, more bonds are added, more fixed income is added to the portfolio, which should uh, decrease the portfolio. risk, decrease the correlation of returns, right? In those cases, lump sum investing actually did better. Now, why might this be? This might be uh, because the volatility is not as great, and there may be less options for buying at lower prices right? It it may be very clear that over time, uh, those portfolios have more of a a smooth line upward than does a 100% equity portfolio. Therefore, lump sum investing would just work out better because you'd get all the returns all of the time. Now, even markets are hitting new highs, which is the current theme with major indexes, right? We're seeing this all the time. The markets are hitting new highs all the time. The data suggests that a better outcome down the road still means putting your money to work all at once. And compared with investing the lump sum, choosing dollar cost averaging instead can resemble market timing, no matter how the markets are performing, right? There are a lot of other periods in history when the market has felt high, but market timing is a very challenging strategy to implement successfully, whether by retail or professional investors. Look, you and I can't time the market, okay? We can't tell when the market's going to go up or when the market's going to go down. We just don't know. Now, if you look at the long-term trend in the stock market, what do you find? What do you see? What you see is that over time, the stock market has only done one thing, and the stock market has done that one thing consistently time and time and time again, and that is go up. Now, it may blip downward, and it may blip downward in uh, an extreme way over the short term, but over the long term, the market is really only doing one thing, and that is growing. Okay, So betting on the market coming down is a loser's bet, because most of the time it is going to be going up, and that is going to be problematic for individuals who are not lump sum investing. However, dollar cost averaging is not a bad strategy. Generally speaking, uh, 401k plan holders are doing just that through their paycheck contributions throughout the year. Additionally, before putting all your money in, say stocks, all at once, you may want to be familiar with your risk tolerance. That's basically a combination of how well you can sleep at night during the periods of market volatility and how long until you need the money. Okay, I talk to you about this all the time, about understanding your risk profile, understanding uh, the amount of risk that you are willing to take, because if you take on more risk than you are actually willing to take uh, and you can't sleep at night and uh, you, you know need the money in a short period of time, then you are likely to be uh, discouraged with what you find in your market returns. Now, your portfolio construction, the mix of stocks and bonds, should reflect this risk tolerance regardless of when you put your money to work right? We're looking at 10 year time horizons in the study and market volatility during that time is going to be basically constant with a hundred percent equity portfolio. It's better if you have expectations going into a strategy than afterwards discover that your risk tolerance is very different. So you need to understand uh, that the effects of deciding whether to dollar cost average or to lump sum invest are going to have to do with your risk tolerance in a very, very real way. But Dollar cost averaging is not just a bad thing, okay? I don't want you to think that. I I don't want you to take that away from this episode, okay? What you need to understand is that if you're consistently putting away money for your retirement, for your kid's college, for whatever, right, you are lump sum investing. But some may also categorize it as dollar cost averaging. What do I mean? Well, I mean that at that particular time, the money that you have to invest, you're investing all of it. You are lump summing that amount. Right? Uh, Because we don't just have uh, most people the entire amount of money that you're going to invest over the course of the year just sitting on the sideline ready to invest all at once. Right? You have to make your money, you have to make your income, you have to have those paychecks, and then you use those paychecks in order to invest. And so you are lump summing every single time you get a paycheck. You're putting in everything you're willing to put in at that particular point. Okay. But You are also employing something that looks like dollar cost averaging because you're putting in uh, systematic amounts over time. Uh, Now, those amounts can change because the amount that you're willing to invest can change. Okay. But at the same time, you're buying at highs, you're buying at lows and you're really not caring otherwise. And that is a perfectly fine strategy to have. But when you should choose the lump sum investing is when you actually have some lump sum. Okay. So if you have, let's say a hundred thousand dollars, don't choose to put in $10,000 a month over a 10 month period and say, okay, that's how we're going to do this. No, put it all in at once, put it all to work at once. And I know this seems like something that isn't going to work out Well, over time, it is scary to jump into a market. It's scary to invest a large amount of money all at once. It's scary to say, okay, markets are already at all time highs, but guess what? I'm just going to buy anyway, even though markets are at all time highs. Charles Schwab did a study, and I referenced this study uh, earlier this week, but I think it's good to rehash at this particular point. I talked about this when I was talking about de risking your individual portfolio, right? That we need to get in and stay in the market. Okay. So this is for hypothetical investors who invested $2,000 a year, what they would have ended up with after 20 years. Okay. And this is for all 20 year periods between 1926 and 2017. And then just an average taken. So if you just had perfect timing, okay, if you could perfectly time the market and you invested at the market bottom every single year over those 20-year periods, then you would have ended up with, on average, $176,679, which is obviously no slouch. But if you would have turned around and invested ASAP, as soon as you had the $2,000, meaning you know on the first trading day each year in this particular case, right, you would have $163,918. Okay. So obviously that's less than perfect timing. Right. But let's see what happens relative to bad timing. Okay. Because we may wait, right. We may have money sitting there and we're like, okay, I'm not going to buy at all time highs. I'm not going to buy at all time highs. But then the market keeps going up and up and up and up. And then you're like, well, crap, I guess I'll just jump in. Well, maybe you jump in and then the market falls. Okay, so this may be bad timing. So in this particular case, they invest at the market top each year, and you end up with on average $142,612. Okay, so investing ASAP is quite a bit better than bad timing. It's actually better than bad timing on a greater scale than perfect timing is better than ASAP. Okay, but let's say that you just stayed in cash. Okay, if you didn't invest and you just stayed in all cash, and in this case, it was investing in 30 day treasury bills, you would have sixty four thousand nine hundred and twenty five dollars. Okay, so that's a huge disparity between any of the market timings. So the basic rule of thumb here is, is that even if you had horrendous timing, right, even if you are uh, you know, consistently putting money in and you're afraid to be investing at all time highs even with the money that you're systematically investing month over month, you would be better off doing that than not being invested at all, okay? And if you have a lump sum to invest, Go ahead and invest it as soon as possible. Because if you turn around and you have bad timing, right, that disparity, again, between as soon as possible and having bad timing is greater than the disparity difference between perfect timing and doing it as soon as possible. Okay. And why is that again, typically because the market is going up systematically over time. It is not going down all of the time. It's going up far more than it's going down. Therefore, that is the case. Okay. And the truth of the matter is, is that perfect timing is just dang, Near impossible. Okay, we don't need to be shooting for having perfect timing in the market. Of course, we would all love to buy at all time lows and sell at all time highs. We all would have loved to buy Amazon at $10 and still hold it today. But here's the truth of the matter. Okay, even though we are long term investors and we have to have a lot of conviction, especially about the uh, individual stocks that we own, and we have to understand those companies well and stick with them over a long period of time, listen, it's tough to watch a stock double or triple or quadruple. Or whatever, and not take some money off the table. It's very, very difficult to do so. It's dang near impossible to do so in many cases. Okay, I've watched myself have individual stocks that have tripled, quadrupled, you know, multiplied by you know four or five, and now you're sitting there and you're going, "Oh crap!" Well, I don't want to not make some gain here, right? So maybe I'll sell some here, or uh, maybe I'll cut my position in half, or whatever right? It's very hard to sit in one position and just stay in that one position over you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Okay. It's very, very difficult to do so. But if you are buying an index, you can consistently do that. You can consistently buy into a situation where you are holding one particular type of investment over a long period of time and not caring what the price does. And you can either dollar cost average into it or lump sum invest into it. But again, if you have a lump sum amount to invest, just turn around and invest it. Okay. But but if you're systematically investing into whatever it is, then by all means, just do that. But let's not try to have perfect timing and let's not be so dang hard on ourselves. OK, don't be so hard on yourself because the the issue here is that we're overthinking things. We're thinking that we need to make it perfect or that we need to um, you know not invest when market because it, it's a logical thing, right? It's a logical thing to think that markets are at all time highs. I shouldn't invest here, right? I should wait until it drops. I should just wait to buy the dip. And buying the dips are great. I've told you before that I buy the dips. I think that's a perfectly fine thing to do. But have some cash over on the side to buy the dips with. But continue to do what you're doing in your investment program, in your investment philosophy, in the uh, systematic investing that you're doing, because you are going to be better suited long-term by continuing what you're doing, then you are trying to wait for that perfect time. Because most of the time, that perfect time actually turns into a bad time, uh, and then you're stuck with worse returns than you would have made otherwise. Okay, so what we can do to ensure that we're not going to be sorry for what we end up with, we can do two things. We can, as soon as we get uh, some lump sum of money that we wanna invest, immediately invest it, and don't care what price that you're investing at, Okay, and that specific two index is not. Uh, to buying individual stocks because with individual stocks, yes, you do need to understand that price is important, okay. But don't be so worried about a particular stock's price that you won't buy it, uh, even when it's you know reasonably priced, even when it's something that you have high conviction about, okay. Uh, but this is specific to indexes. Don't be afraid to just buy into indexes at any particular time. Just absolutely turn around and do it, and then every single month, every single paycheck, every single quarter, whatever, be investing and don't stop and keep going and keep going and don't care what the market does just keep going keep going keep going and over the long term okay you're not gonna have perfect timing over the long term you're not gonna be the best investor there ever was okay but you are going to have better returns than most because you stayed invested staying invested is most of the battle most of the battle is actually being in the market staying in the market and not quitting okay and not having second guesses and not uh, having bad timing and not and you can't have bad timing Uh, If your timing is just based on whatever you receive money, because then it's luck of the draw, right? If you ended up having the worst timing ever, then that was just horrendous luck, right? You hear people all the time saying that they sold at the bottom of uh, the financial crisis and some people sold at the bottom uh, of the coronavirus crash. And you just think that's horrendous timing, but that's not bad luck. That was a decision that they made because again, they're thinking that they're going to have the perfect timing and, uh, you know, everything's going to zero. So they're going to be able to keep something that they have. And that's just not the case, right? It is emotional investing. It's emotions taking over logic. And that's what I think really uh, encompasses this whole discussion, right? Is that we have these emotional feelings and it's something that seems relatively logical, right? That we should try to invest at lower prices as much as we can. And by all means, buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high. Okay. But logically in the real world, what really happens statistically, empirically is that you're not going to be able to buy low as much as you think you are. And if you continue to try to buy lower and lower stocks, are just going to continue going higher and higher and you are going to miss out. And I don't want you to miss out I want you to be a part of the game. I want you to build wealth over the long term. And the way to do that is just be consistent, get in the market, stay in the market, invest lump sums when you have large sums to invest and dollar cost average every single month. And you will not be sorry with the returns that you end up with. Listen, I'm no Warren Buffett, but I understand the stock market and I understand this game and I understand what's going on on a day-to-day basis and exactly how investing should work for the individual. And that's why I try to relay that to you guys every single day, uh, because most people don't understand how they can invest and do it properly uh, and be effective over the long term. And one of the best ways to be effective is to understand this argument of lump sum versus dollar cost averaging, and then just understand what these are. That way you can put one or the other into practice in some particular way. But I urge you, I urge you, I urge you, I urge you, be invested, have money that is growing for you over time. Don't be afraid of the market, okay? Understand your risk tolerance, that's one thing, but don't be so afraid of the market that you aren't willing to pick up a piece of it, right? Because the market is offering you returns. Now, I'm not saying that it's offering us today 10% annualized returns like it has over the long term. I'm not saying that's the case, okay? But I am telling you this, if you look at all the 10-year rolling periods over the last 100 years, there are only, out of 100, a handful. I think five, six negative rolling 10-year periods, okay? That's a pretty good value proposition. That means if you just hold an investment for 10 years, then you should make money. But if you look at 20-year rolling periods, there are zero. There are no instances where you wouldn't have made money in the stock market, okay? The stock market is offering you gains Take the gains, take the returns that it's going to offer you. Okay. Those returns may not be the perfect returns. You may not have perfect timing. It may not be exactly what you wanted out of the deal. But guess what? It is over the long term the best way to grow your money for the average individual. And I just want you to be a part of it. And I want you to have the knowledge and have the ability to go and invest for yourself. So take the opportunity and heed this advice that I'm giving you because uh, it will end up with you building wealth and doing so effectively. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of these platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and uh, help you to stay accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major your social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together pushing towards some long-term financial goals and then ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom. So tune in Monday as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host Dylan Howell. God bless.